Thanks for checking out our Legacy Church podcast. We know you'll be blessed and encouraged by today's message. Now here's Pastor On. Today we're starting a new sermon series that we are calling The Reset. And we're going to begin today by looking at a great parable that Jesus spoke in the book of Luke. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to chapter 13, and we'll begin reading in verse 6. Then he told this parable, referring to Jesus, a man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but he did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year, and I will dig around it and fertilize it. In the King James Version, it says, dung it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. Every time I read this parable of Scripture, it reminds me of the two fig trees that I have at home that produce figs every single year. It's kind of one of my hobbies. Right now, I take care of these trees, and they're in the garage because of the winter. But at one time, one of these trees did not produce any figs at all. And literally, the tree was dead. The leaves were off of it. So I took it, and I threw it in the compost, and it survived. I don't know how, but but it survived through the winter. And that following spring, I see what was dead came alive. I saw leaves coming out of that compost, and it was this fig tree that had been dead for three years. So to my amazement, something spectacular happened. So I took that tree, and I started to care for it. And from that year on, it began to produce figs. And I believe this is the word of the Lord for us this year in 2024. God wants to take what is dead, what has been dead, and revive it in your life. Revive it in your family. Revive it in your marriage. Revive what he wants to accomplish in you, his purpose for you in this new year. See, you might have lost hope in some dreams. Maybe you've lost hope in your marriage. Maybe you have a struggling marriage. Maybe you've lost hope with your finances and your, your, the position that you're in right now. And, and, and many, many of us even have lost hope in the condition of this nation, the condition of this world, thinking that God can't move. But I believe God is speaking through this parable that we serve a God who's able to take what appears dead and bring it back to life. Sometimes we feel stuck. It's the same old, same old. You go one year after another, it seems like addictions can't be broken. It seems like your marriage can't be fixed. It it seems as though you'll never be happy in a job. But I have a word of the Lord for you today. I believe this new year is going to be a year where God's going to reset some things. Let's pray. Let's fast. Let's gather together this month and ask God to come and do what he does. He takes what is dead and he brings it to life. He is a God of the reset. And so in Lamentations, we have great hope that God gives us. And I know most of us know the scripture, but I want to read it in chapter 3, verse 22. Through the Lord's mercies, listen, we are not consumed. 
because his compassions fail not. He's always compassionate. He's slow to anger and rich in love. He never gives up on us. His, his plans and the gifts that he gives us, even without repentance, God has a hope and a plan for us. And the devil wants you to believe that what is not working today can't work tomorrow. We reject that and we receive God's mercies because in verse 23, it says they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, God. We might be faithless, but God is still faithful. Grab hold of his faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. I don't hope in what I see with my eyes. I don't hope in what I feel in my emotions. I hope in the word of God. God is a God that can reset your life to fulfill his plan for you. See, the devil thought that once Jesus was killed, that was the end of it, that he had won. Jesus was dead and God had failed. And we know that that's not true. We know that on the third day, what was dead comes to life because the Holy Spirit was still working. The Holy Spirit was alive and active, and he's still the same Holy Spirit that we read about in the Bible. God sent Jesus to show us who he was, that he will never leave us nor forsake us, and that the Holy Spirit is still active in our lives. We need to tap in by faith in God's plan. God will take what was dead and bring it to life. The same with the disciples. They had lost all hope. They see their God be killed and put on a cross. It's impossible to kill God. So all their faith, all their hope was discarded. But then we see in the book of Acts that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to come upon these just normal men and women filled with fear, filled with hopelessness. They didn't know what to do without Jesus, but the Holy Spirit came and he takes what is dead and he brings it to life. And he ignited the church and he birthed the church. And the same Peter that had denied Christ goes out on the street and preaches to thousands and thousands get saved. The same Peter loaded with fear was changed because God had a plan for him. God never gave up on him. God was still faithful, even though Peter had failed. We serve a good God. See, the enemy thinks he has you. The enemy thought he had me, but Jesus says, you are mine. We go into 2024 asking God for his plan to be fulfilled in our lives, in our families, in our marriages, with our children, and in this nation. We are going to pray and fast this month for open doors in 2024. The tombstone was rolled away. What appeared dead was brought back to life. And I pray that your hopes and dreams and maybe it's the salvation of your family. Maybe it's, it's the salvation of your finances, the salvation of your marriage. Maybe you have stray children that have, that have lost their way in this world. We pray, God, open doors, resurrection power for 2024. The same Holy Spirit 
that we read about in scripture that we've seen in history bring great revivals and great awakenings and, and still does miracles today is working in your life right now. So what can we learn from this parable? I just want to briefly give us two things that we can learn from this parable. Number one, God will do what he needs to do where he plants you. Let me say that again. God will do what he needs to do where he plants you. See, you may be in a difficult family. You may be in a difficult marriage. You may be in a difficult job, workplace. You may be in a season of life that is is just challenging. We go through mountaintops and we go through valleys. But the caretaker of the fig tree did not pull the fig tree from where it was planted. He allowed God to dig it up, to fertilize it, and to do what he needed to do in the place where he was planted. We live in a time where people run from their issues rather than overcoming them. You know, it's, it's, it's even silly what we see happening even in our universities and schools and colleges. They call them safe spaces where they have these sp- safe spaces in college campuses, school campuses for students to go and, and cry if their feelings are hurt. And, and the same thing in, in many times in Christianity, we see people running from church to church, marriage to marriage, job to job, never allowing God to complete the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives to fulfill his great plan and calling. But we are going to go into this new year and we're going to say, God, dig up what needs to be dug up fertilize us and help us to enter this new year as an overcomer, not a runner, but an overcomer. In Galatians 5, 23, we read the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. See, God needs to dig us up and fertilize us to develop fruit in our lives. And the primary fruit that he is working on developing is the fruit of the Spirit, to develop love in us, to develop joy, peace, forbearance, or long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. You know, it's interesting, just um, the other day, I was driving on the highway with my wife, and uh, there was two lanes, and this guy in front of us was driving in both lanes, literally in both lanes. And so I was in a high speed lane. That's my favorite lane. And so I was in a high speed lane and this guy's on both lanes and I'm like trying to get around him. And every time I try to get around him, he would cut in front of me. And, um, and I noticed he was doing it purposely. And so anyway, so I, I kind of went around him, and then he pulled up and he did the same thing, pulled in front of me and got in both lanes. And, um, and you know, part of me started getting riled up and my wife said to me, and it was the Holy Spirit through my wife, says, Ron, self-control, self-control, self-control. God wants to develop the fruit of the Spirit in us. But sometimes for him to do that, he places us in 
positions that are difficult. And, and in those challenging times, we get to know who we really are, and God wants to make us in the image of Christ. But there's good news that God doesn't leave us in a place of being dead in our spirits. He comes to revive us. And 2024, I believe, is a turnaround year for many, many people. And I'm believing it's a turnaround year for the church, our families, marriages, and this nation. Let's believe that together. There will be times in your life where it just seems as though things aren't working. Relationships aren't working. Finances aren't working. Job isn't working. And even your life in, in the church world, it feels as though it might not be working. But God doesn't pull you out of these places. He works with you where you're at. Don't run, overcome. In Philippians 4.11, we read what Paul says. He says, I've learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned, I have learned the secret of being content in any in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength, who gives me strength. And so I want to encourage you today. In times where it seems like life stinks, it might be that God is dunging. It might be that God is fertilizing your life. Believe that God is working even in the challenging times. Learn to be content, but also have hope in what God wants to do in your future. Number two, another thing that we can learn in this parable is the challenges you face each year will prepare you for the purposes God has for you in your next years. Let me say that again. The challenges you face each year will prepare you for the purposes God has for you in your next year. In James 1, verse 2, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. See, God is a God who is in interested and involved in producing fruit in your lives. So he will use trials of many kinds, but know that even the testings of your faith, God is working to produce perseverance. You know, chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews is a great chapter, and it, it's referred to as the chapter of the heroes of faith, the heroes of faith chapter. And heroes really are people who have gone through extremely hard situations and they have overcome. And there are many heroes in the Bible. We love them all. But there are also heroes right here in our church, in every local church. People that have allowed God to dig what needs to be dug out of their lives, to break the fallow ground, break the hard ground, and allow him to fertilize and produce fruit in their lives. Heroes are overcomers. God's called each of us as believers to be a hero, a hero in our family, 
a hero to our children, a hero in our schools, a hero in our community, a hero through the church for this nation. We read of so many heroes in the Bible. Joseph is one of my favorite heroes. Joseph was left for dead by his brothers. He was falsely imprisoned and charged with an accusation of rape, yet he endured. He persevered. He allowed God to work in him and through him in the hardest of situations. See, God's purpose and dreams for Joseph, which Joseph had a dream, and God's purpose and dreams for him did not come to pass until he had accomplished all the things he needed to accomplish through Joseph's hardship. And we see that Joseph did not attempt to escape prison. He didn't attempt to run from his problems, but he let God use him there. Now, I want you to get this. Sometimes we try to run from our problems. To have a difficult situation, difficult marriage, we wanna run from it. God wants to work on you and use you there and fulfill his purpose in your life there. He didn't try to escape Egypt either, but he, he, which is a picture of the world. You know, some people say, oh, I wish I didn't have to work in the world. I wish I could work for the church like it's any easier. Trust me, it's harder. But Joseph did not try to run from Egypt, try to escape where God had put him, but he let God advance him there. And we know that, that Joseph became second in command behind the Pharaoh of the known world. God used him and used his challenges to elevate him, and Joseph allowed God to do it. David, we see, was a, a, a little shepherd boy. He was considered last among his brothers. Imagine that, his, his own father, you know, saw him as, as last, put him out in the field watching the sheep. But David overcame all his insecurities and he killed the giant because he allowed God to use the place that he was in, being a shepherd of sheep, he allowed God to work in him to fulfill his purposes and his life. And what I love about David, David was a man after God's own heart, the Bible says, and we can all relate to him, especially looking at the great failures that David had. But yet, David still loved the Lord and he pursued God in all his failures. And I love what David said in Psalm 23, 6, surely your goodness will and love will follow me all the days of my life. We need to make that a proclamation over our lives, over this new year. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We read Job, which is one of the most tragic stories in the Bible, losing all his wealth, losing his family, losing his friend, losing his health. And these words come from his mouth. Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. But listen, may the name of the Lord be praised. That was the position that he took in his life, that no matter what I go through, I know God is good. I know God is faithful. 
I know God, it can reset my life. He's a great resetter. May the name of the Lord be praised. We look at Peter, the fisherman, who went through a horrific time in his life. He was overtaken by fear. Tough, strong fisherman, overtaken by fear, disappointment, confusion, sorrow that led him to deny Jesus Christ himself. But he did not leave where God had planted him. He did not leave his brothers and sisters, the church where God had planted him and and the men and women that God had placed him with. And he ended up being one of the greatest disciples, evangelists, and leaders of the church because he allowed God to dig him and to fertilize him. Versus Judas, who left his brothers and sisters in the Lord, he left the table of the Lord, and he never returned to the place where God had placed him. And maybe Judas could have found redemption, just like Peter did, if he had not left the place that God had placed him in. See, there's modern heroes today in our faith, and I see them all over the church. We have some people that have lost everything. They lost their jobs, they lost their houses, they, they, they lost their businesses, lost their homes, but are blessed today because they took the position that all these heroes of faith took, that my God can take what is dead and bring it back to life. God can restore my hope. God can restore my dreams. God is able to do exceedingly above all I ask or think. I will trust in the Lord. My hope will be in him. We have people in our church that were in prison just like Joseph was. And today they're serving God and they're leading in the church. We have people that have gone through great challenges in their marriage where it seemed as though the marriage was hopeless, but they allowed God to work on them individually and they allowed God to to dig the hardness, dig out the unforgiveness, and to operate his mercy in their lives, and today they're helping other marriages. Some have lost loved ones. Some have lost children, which is one of the most tragic things that you can face as a mother and father. But yet today, they allowed God to even use these challenging situations to dig and to fertilize and to use them now to help others who are going through the same circumstances. So maybe this past year, was a challenging year for you. Maybe you've been in a drought. Maybe you think that nothing will change. Well, we're going to renounce those lies that God is not able, and we're going to declare that God is able today. So in closing, I want us to pray together, and I want you to join maybe with your family, your spouse, and we're going to make some declarations of faith as we enter this new year, 2024, And we're going to speak with our lips truth and oppose every voice of discouragement, hopelessness that the devil would try to to speak. So as I pray, I want you to join and I want you to speak and say the word amen loudly after every declaration. Amen for your family. Amen for your life. Amen for your household. Amen for your future. Let's amen for our church. Let's amen for our nation. So let's pray together. We declare 2024 
will be a year where God resets things for his glory and the good of all his church in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. We declare what appeared dead will bear much fruit and release blessings into your lives, your families, your marriages, finances, the church, and our nation. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. We declare no weapon formed against us will prosper. No weapon formed against our families, our marriage, our children, our church, our finances, our nation will prosper. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. We declare open doors in 2024 for God's people and for the release of Holy Spirit power, Holy Spirit favor, and the Holy Spirit's blessings. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. We declare our families and our friends will come to salvation, and there will be a great awakening in our nation in 2024. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. And we declare Jesus will be glorified again in our nation. And we will see the powers of darkness toppled and the kingdom of God arise on the earth in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. We declare that we as a church body will have overcoming faith in 2024 and be radical in our commitment to Jesus Christ and His church in Jesus' name. Amen. And I leave you with this scripture, Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen and amen. Hi, this is Ron Tramali, pastor of Legacy Church. I want to thank you for joining us for this week's message. I hope it encouraged you and strengthened your faith. If you haven't already, please subscribe and review this podcast. It really helps us to reach more people with the hope that we find in Jesus. See you some Sunday in person or online at LegacyChurchRI.com where you can watch our full Sunday services and be blessed by the many helpful resources that we have for you, including parent tips. Well, God bless you mightily. Hope to see you next week.